The Detroit Tigers continue to make moves, uh, not on the player personnel side today. We're going to talk about a lot of coaching moves, a lot of new coaches brought in and are now added to this coaching staff, and a little trade was made. So we're going to talk about that as well, all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, November 17th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Be sure to check us out on the tube, man. Subscribe to us on YouTube. It's a fun time. Okay, we are back. We got some moves to go over, like we said in the cold open. Uh, These actually happened, all happened on Tuesday. And Tuesday's episode was just going to be a really busy one as is, just because of the 40-man and and the deadline and the additions that they made. And we knew people were going to get added. We knew people were going to get removed with the Rule 5 protection thing and everything. So that was always going to be a really jam-packed episode. So, because it's the off-season... We're moving, and well, I was going to say we're moving everything to today, but like today's here, and like you know that, so I don't know why I'm re-emphasizing that, but we are we are going to talk about the additions to the coaching staff that were made, and then at the end, we'll talk about the newest member of the Detroit Tigers organization as far as player personnel goes and a trade that was made as well. Uh, so first and foremost, I think it's important to just re-highlight just how terrible this offense actually was. And I know we don't want to just keep going down this rabbit hole, but for this conversation where we are adding to the hitting staff of the team, it's important to re-highlight in my eyes how terrible this offense was and how desperately they needed some help. They really gutted the offensive side of the coaching staff, uh, the pitching side of things, remained largely intact. Oh, Lund was officially added from Iowa. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago with new assistant pitching coach. Uh, you can go find that episode. Yeah, that, that was announced a couple of weeks ago, but he's officially on the on the coaching staff now as of Tuesday as well. Um, but that was gutted, right? Like cool ball gone, obviously, and, and uh, several of his assistants also gone. Now, the other thing that's important to note is in San Francisco, and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get into the, the hires individually. In San Francisco, they have a boatload of coaches. And A.J. Hinch and Scott Harris have both made comments where they kind of hinted at the fact that they weren't going to have as big of a coaching staff as the Giants necessarily But they have a massive coaching staff. They have 97 million hitting coaches and three assistants for each one of those. And like, I mean, it's it's seriously, it's it's impressive, but crazy. And each of them specializes in a different thing and all that stuff. So it's definitely a bigger staff than it was last year. We're not going to have 30 coaches, but it is already looking and and shaping up to be a bigger staff than last season, which I'm totally cool with. You get a lot of different perspectives in there. 
there's not one way to do anything in this world. Uh, and, and so getting different perspectives and, and different outlooks and coaches that have different strengths and have different backgrounds, I am all for it. Give me as many coaches as they're comfortable having. Seriously. Like on the hitting side, of th- I trust Fetter with my life. So whatever he wants to do, that's fine on the pitching side of things. But on the offensive side of the ball, this was a train wreck. Give me as many coaches as you are comfortable, okay? Uh, so, yeah, this offense in 2022 had a WRC plus, weighted runs created plus of 81. It's on a scale where if you're 100, you're le- a league average offense at creating runs. Uh, this was 81. That's comfortably the worst in baseball. That's almost 20% worse than league average. That is terrible. And yeah, I think the next lowest was like 84. Like it wasn't even like we were close. And and that's a reoccurring theme with quite a few of these numbers. Uh, the home run total team home run total lowest in baseball by almost 20 home runs. I think it was 16 or 17 homers that they were the last in baseball. And that's not even close. You get up into like the middle of the pack for home run totals. And, you know, teams are separated by like two or three home runs. And it's like all bunched up. And then there's like just an outlier at the bottom. And that outlier is your favorite baseball team, unfortunately. So need a lot more power. Uh, 29th in walk rate. The only team in baseball worse than the Tigers when it came to walk rate was the Chicago White Sox, our fellow division rivals who had a probably the most disappointing season in baseball. I think that's a conversation. It's either them, the Giants, or I guess you could say the Blue Jays, but they still did make the postseason. But it's one of those three teams, I think, objectively. Uh, So they really struggled at the plate, and they had the same thing we did. Uh, I think our walk rate was 6.5, 6.5, and theirs was 6.3. So not, not great. Okay, to have a team walk rate of, of like six and a half is, is not good. We also paired with the 29th ranked walk rate, had the fourth highest K rate. Not a good recipe for success, all right? You're not going to find too much success when you're not walking ever and you're striking out all the time. That's really hard to find a middle road and still find success. Oh, and when you do hit the ball, it's all singles. You had the 30th ranked ISO, Isolated power is a stat. It's literally just slugging percentage without singles. It's not like some crazy complicated thing. Uh, It's just, yeah, slugging percentage if you remove singles. So it's truly only extra base hits. And uh, the Tigers were 30th in ISO by almost 15 points. Again, that's a stat where most teams are separated by a point or two. Right? The Tigers were 30th, and the 29th ranked team was almost 15 points ahead of them. So you don't walk ever. You strike out all the time. And when you do hit the ball, you can't get past first base. Sounds like a recipe for success, right? So, okay, done talking about how bad the offense was. We, that, I'm, I didn't tell you anything there that you didn't already know. You might not have known the exact stat, I guess, but... Everybody that has watched this show for honestly more than like three days is very aware of my opinion of this offense and that it's genuinely one of the worst offenses that baseball has seen in the modern era. That's like legitimately it's in the conversation of those teams uh, statistically. So that is what we're working with. Now, I will say cool ball. I had this conversation with y'all in the middle of the season. Okay. Scott cool ball 
absolutely should not have been retained. And if he was, I would have been furious and you, you would have seen a much different tone of this episode and it would have been really angry. And he absolutely did not, should not have came back and they made the right decision letting him go. Um, I will say that it's not like it's a hundred percent on his shoulders. This is a not very great offensive personnel group on November 17th. And so I, I think a, a lot of people just really like a scapegoat and that was an easy one. And again, that was like, uh, like that had to happen. You, you could not have possibly justified bringing back Scott Coolball. I'm not saying that that's, that that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it is the best hitting coach in the history of baseball could not, have made last year's team like a competent offense. That's what I'm saying. The the greatest hitting coach the planet has ever seen would not have turned last season's Detroit Tigers into the Dodgers or the Yankees, or honestly, probably even like the 10th ranked offense, maybe even a top half of the league offense. Now, there's a big difference between one of the worst offenses we've literally ever seen and like the 20th ranked offense in baseball, which I think is somewhat feasible with this personnel group, right? Javi took a big step back. Jamer took a big step back. Barnhart, even though he wasn't that great of a hitter before, still took a big step back. Jonathan Scope took, like everybody had their worst years of their career. And if they even had league average or their career average seasons, this still would not have been a prolific powerhouse offense or even honestly, even remotely close to that. But this team would have been a lot more competitive and we would be having still a much different conversation right before Thanksgiving about this team and where it stands than we are. So my point is while, while, Get rid of cool ball. Yes, the right move. Absolutely. The talent matters. <laughs> Hitting coach is not everything. It's not that that dude is not solely responsible for the team's offensive output. And on the flip side, the the opposite is not true either. You could have the most talented lineup ever, and if you have a hitting coach that's just giving out bad advice all the time, that's obviously going to be detrimental, and people are going to make poor adjustments. It's a it's a give and take thing. Both sides have to pull in the same direction, and I think that talent significantly trumps like hitting coaching. Not saying it doesn't matter. It is very important. It is vital. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a talented roster, it's not really going to matter anyway. Okay? So we're, we're all trying to pull in the same direction. And I'm really pumped about this, this staff. But uh, I, I, I had this conversation with you all in the middle of the season, too, like I said, where like people were like, cool, but I have to be fired today. And I was like, I don't really care. Like, I, he, he won't come back. Everybody knew he wasn't going to come back. I mean, what, we're going to find a better hitting coach in, like, July? Like, I don't know, probably not. And I'm not sure how much a new perspective is really going to help at the All-Star break when we're already out of it. I don't know. 
I, I, it was a, it was a weird dynamic for me where like, oh, it's completely Scott Coolbaugh's fault. Well, that's impossible. <laughs> like he's not the one at the end of the day going into the batter's box, but there are some really, really cool coaches that uh, the Tigers have added. This is a really fun staff with a like really exciting resumes. And we're definitely going to get into it right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you will want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Tigers listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. It is amazing. An emergency 24 7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that a threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is a home security system with advanced sensors in every room. It has window and door sensors, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you when a threat is actually real and even hazard sensors they detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 monitoring service can cost less than a dollar a day with Simply Safe. That's less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed systems. It's the best in the business. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. You can get 50% off of any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right. Welcome back. Segment two here Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. For your next listen, check on the Locked on Sports Today podcast from the games that matter. The most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, it's available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts just like us. Okay, so I really, really, really want to drive home the point that I am in no way, shape, or form saying hitting coaches don't matter. I'm beyond pumped about these hires. I love these additions, really, all three of them on the hitting side of things. Um, I I just, it's... uh, both extremes are ridiculous to me. The extreme that coaching in baseball just doesn't matter, which is like this new like take, I think is preposterous. And also I think the flip where it's like the, the Tigers had one of the worst offenses ever, and that's totally the coaching staff's fault. And like these players should have been better. Yes, they should have been better, but it, it's I think it's also ridiculous to put all the blame on, on cool ball as well, even for as much as I didn't want him back. That's all I'm trying to say, okay? Okay, now that I've articulated that about nine different ways to try and cover myself, let's get into the coaches. Let's get into them. It's super exciting, like I said. There's there's some really cool resumes on here. We're going to start with, I guess we'll start with uh, Michael Berdar. So he is, uh, his title will be hitting coach uh, at Major League Hitting Coach. That will be his title. Now we have two. We brought in two hitting coaches, so it looks like it'll be a co-hitting coach operation. What their roles will be, what they will specialize in, that's not public yet. They were just hired yesterday. But uh, it's cool to have two different hitting coaches at the same level, and there's also a third assistant hitting coach that's 
uh, one step down from the two of them. So you're going to have three different perspectives in here, which is super cool. Michael Burdar has a lot of connections to the Detroit Tigers, uh, which is a makes a lot of sense. Uh, he, he went to U of M. He played baseball at U of M. Then he coached at U of M. He's like boys with Fetter, uh, it, which a lot of connections there. And those have already kind of been brought to light. But, but there's also... Uh, he has a Giants connection too. And like Scott Harris was literally the general manager when the Giants hired Michael Berdard to be uh, their farm system in their minor leagues. Like he was an assistant hitting coordinator and then was promoted to, uh, I guess, not assistant hitting coordinator, the assistant hitting coordinator, still at the minor league level though. Uh, so he, he has connections all over this organization with our coaching staff, with our front office, very intertwined. And, and uh, when you're talking about a dude that was, he comes from the San Diego Padres most recently, and he was their major league hitting coach. He was the hitting coach for the San Diego Padres in 2022. He's only 28 years old. And he was uh, already the hitting coach for the Padres. Solid offense, playoff team, obviously. Uh, the Padres this season had the sixth highest walk rate in baseball and the eighth highest on base percentage. They had a WRC plus of over 100 as a team as well. So over a league average offense averaged out across the whole team. That's obviously 20 points higher <laughs> than, uh, than what the Tigers finished at. And then just being a top six offense and drawing walks and top eight and getting on base in general. That's fantastic. Um, so that's, that's, and, and again, it's not the Padres have some very, very talented hitters on their team that draw walks like for a living. Like Juan Soto is amazing at drawing walks. And even though he had a weird year this year. So again, not all black and white entirely just in like, oh, he was there and he drew walks in San Diego. So now we're going to have the sixth highest. Like, it's not that, it's not that, that direct of a correlation, but we have what we have, and and that is what we have. We have the Padres, who were a very patient team. Uh, they did have some offensive woes this season. That's not without mentioning as well. I mean, that, that was pretty apparent at times. Um, but, tw again, 28-year-old already kind of a – I don't want to say protege because that's, like, way too dramatic. Like, way too dramatic. Uh, but definitely someone who has worked his way up through the coaching ladder very, very quickly – uh, played one year of minor league ball and then went back to Michigan to start coaching, worked his way up through there, then minor league coaching. We've already gone through that train now. So uh, super exciting, though. Super exciting. Again, like comes really highly regarded in U of M circles already, which is a good thing because the only like Chris Fetter was a U of M man, right? That got hired. So we have a decent track record with those as Fetter is one of the best pitching coaches in the game of baseball. Um, so yeah, super cool. So I, I, I'm, I'm all about it. Uh, again, like we don't really have like, Oh, this is what his specialty is with like adjusting and, and with adjustments that he makes in the batter's box. And this is what he does to hitters. And like, this is going to be his role in the team and stuff. We really just have their resumes and that's a good resume. That's a, that's a, that's a very impressive resume for again, a dude that that's 28 years old. So, uh, Michael Berdar. Your one of your two new Detroit Tigers hitting coaches. Uh, we will get into the rest of the coaching additions. We have a new head athletic trainer, too, and then we still got the trade to talk about. We'll get into all that 
right after I tell y'all about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting info and stats and analysis this year. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer, esports. They've got it covered at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment, Locked on Tigers. So going over the new coaching additions to uh, the Detroit Tigers organization. So we talked about Michael Berdar, uh, very kind of like the, I, I guess, the biggest name that they brought in, like being able to take a dude away from the San Diego Padres. And again, he has a lot of ties to the state of Michigan and and such, so that's probably why it was, I don't want to say easy because like no one's in the room. We don't know how easy it was necessarily to bring him on board, but I mean, that's, that's a playoff team and you're living in SoCal. Like that's a, that at 28 years old, like that's a, that's a life you've got set up for yourself and and to be able to bring him on to the Detroit Tigers staff, given the current state of that team is, uh, is very impressive by this front office. I think that that's a, this is a great get. This is a really, really impressive get for this organization right now. So only time will tell how the how it all works out and whatnot, but uh, clearly believes in the system that Harris is trying to implement. And also it's important to note that Scott Harris, it, the Giants were not like, I don't want to say revolutionary, but they really had a different approach at the plate in 2021 when they won what 107 games or whatnot. And they, they were looking at like bat paths and swing patterns and, and like bat angles and, and swing paths. Like it was this weird, not weird, but this like really analytical and unique thing. And that's what they attested a a decent amount, uh, not all obviously, but they attested a lot of their success in 2021 offensively to that. And while that doesn't necessarily mean that it was Scott Harris's brainchild, right? Who knows who in that front office or that coaching staff was the person to really, you know, pedal to the metal and implement that system. But he was at least part of that front office that did that. So definitely uh, a fascinating thing when you bring in somebody that, now has also worked in the Giants system as a hitting coordinator, given what they did in 2021. I don't know. There's just a lot of connections there. And I think, I think that's a reason to be pretty excited. Okay. Uh, next up we have Keith Beauregard. Now the thing about Keith Beauregard is there's not too much on him because he's been one place for a pretty significant amount of time. Now uh, he is your other I don't want to say co because that's not what the Tigers statement said, but he is the other major league hitting coach, Keith Beauregard. Uh, he has spent the last several years as the Dodgers hitting coach and field coordinator in their farm system. So not, I could have worded that significantly better than I did. He has been the, in the Dodgers system as a hitting coach and field coordinator. He has not been the major league hitting coach or field coordinator at any point. Uh, but he has been a- around in their system and uh, has been one of their minor league coaches. And that is part of a loaded 
Dodgers development team. And I think that that's probably the biggest thing to point to with Beauregard. A, it's pretty much all we have on him. But the only reason that's all we have on him is because he hasn't bounced around team to team to team like all these other players. He's just been, or coaches rather, he's just been with the Dodgers. And look, I don't want to make this sound like layman. Like, I don't want to be just like, oh, you know, he came from the Dodgers or the Rays. And like, that's just all you need to know. And it's going to be great. I don't want to give like that level of analysis because that's just like super watered down. But I mean, it's hard not to just kind of grin a little bit and be like, all right, we got a Dodgers development guy. Like, that's that's kind of cool. So, and, and again, like Scott Harris has said a lot that he wants the improvement and the development of players to not stop when you get to the majors. Like, the development in the system of the Tigers has significantly improved, whether you like it or not, whether you're a Scrooge about the Tigers organization, the state of it or not. That's objectively true. The minor league development has absolutely improved pretty significantly over the last few years. The major league development is completely stagnant. There has been very few examples of players continuing to grow and getting better as they get to the major leagues in the last several years. So Berdar has major league hitting coach experience. Beauregard is big on the development of a Dodgers farm system that is year in and year out the best development system in baseball. I think that that is probably the ideology for making both of them major league hitting coaches. In my eyes, that makes sense to me. Beauregard can really help develop maybe like young talent and help try new things and, and keep development moving. And Berdar has major league experience can not that it's just going to be Bernard is going to focus on veterans and Bo or and Beauregard's going to focus on the young kids like I, I'm sure they're all going to work with everybody um, but it just makes sense to me to have those two different perspectives in your system and in your dugout at the same time that's all uh, the Tigers assistant hitting coach this season will be James James Rawson uh, he is he has been coaching for two decades brings a, a long line of of lineage behind him uh the most i don't want to say most impressively but most notably probably uh he was the twins hitting coach when they were hitting a home run 92 times a game uh the the team that the Minnesota Twins 2019 team that set the record for team home runs in a single season Rousen was that team's hitting coach. Uh, he was the Twins hitting coach from 2017 to 2019. Uh, he, he also has just experience kind of all over. Um, he's done farm system work, hitting coordinator, like farm system work with the Yankees on several different occasions. Uh, did it earlier on in his career in the mid 2000s and then did it again uh, like six or seven years ago. So he, he's been around the Yankees farm system, which is usually pretty solid and, and develops hitting pretty well. Uh, obviously again, we already talked about the twins and then uniquely, uh, or I don't know if it's coincidentally or if it's not coincidentally, I'll let you be the judge. Uh, but he did overlap with Scott Harris for one year. Uh, when Harris was in 2012, Scott Harris would have been just starting in the Cubs organization and Rawson would have been the Cubs hitting coach for his last year with the Cubs organization was 2012. So for one season, they kind of overlapped. And I don't know if like Scott Harris, how involved he was, or if he even like spoke to, <laughs> to James 
uh, in their tenure there. I, I don't know uh, what what Harris's duties were, you know, that early on in his front office career. But it is interesting that uh, that, that that there is some <laughs> a little bit of a weird kind of connection overlap there. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, this is again for a team that has doesn't walk at all. You're getting a hitting coach from a team that has drawn a lot of walks team that has no power. You're bringing in an assistant hitting coach that has been the hitting coach of a team that literally set the record for most home runs in a season. And for a team that has not had any success with young players being able to develop at the major league level, you're bringing in a dude from the Dodgers development team. There you go. Three huge areas of need. Again, it's not that straightforward. This isn't a guarantee that in 2023, magically, it's just going to be, you know, sunshine and rainbows and the Tigers are going to walk more than anybody and have the most home runs ever and everything. But the fact that the three coaches you brought in have experience developing and coaching three areas that the Detroit Tigers desperately need to improve in. Not sure you can ask for too much better as far as a pure resume goes. Only time will tell, but as far as the resume goes, it's solid. It's solid. Okay. Um, only other addition is uh, Ryan Ubanks is the new head athletic trainer. Doug Teeter, uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Got He's still in the organization, but he will be like the rehab athletic trainer, which means that he will be down in Lakeland. So, uh, that, which kind of makes sense he, he, because he knows these dudes. So if they get hurt, they go down there, they see an athletic trainer they know and is familiar with their bodies and stuff. That makes sense to me. I know a lot of people just wanted him gone because we have a, a lot of injuries. I, I don't know. I, I think in the same boat, right? Like, yes, uh, certainly some of the weight is on his shoulders, but it's not like we had a bad hitting or a bad athletic trainer. So that automatic, like some injuries are just flukes, man. Like some you can't really prevent. So I like that Teeter staying in the organization, despite what everybody says. Uh, and Eubanks, uh, he, the last three seasons, he's been with the Arizona Diamondbacks as their assistant athletic trainer. And he spent, I think it's almost a decade, with the Diamondbacks in their athletic training staff as a whole. So definitely somebody that that's has experience. I, I, it's hard to grade a, a athletic trainer, I think. But sure, I, I mean, fine, that, that works for me. Um, uh, the uh, Teeter's assistants, not I shouldn't say Teeter's assistants, the assistant athletic trainers are remaining on staff. We have two more uh, that are that are staying on staff. So uh, that room's going to be somewhat similar, just with a new person at, at the top and in charge. And yeah, there those are your new additions to the coaching staff. Boom. Kind of fun, right? I think so. I think that's kind of fun. Uh, again, well, not again. I don't want to keep just sounding like a broken record. It's just, it's exciting. It, it not, all these hires could be like for the worst hires ever, but they have cool resumes. They've worked for for uh, for teams and organizations that ha- at the time that they were there specialized in areas that we need right now. So resume gets gets a pass. Resume gets a check. It's exciting. I think you should let yourself be excited about it just because, you know, we, <laughs> what else do we have in this world but hope, you know? Uh, so so why not? Why not? I, I'm pretty pumped about it, though, for real. I, I, I think that – I think it's uh, it's cool. 
And this coaching staff, I think every year just continues to improve and take steps in the right direction uh, ever since really AJ came on board. I know a lot of people still are shaky on AJ or just flat out don't like AJ or whatnot. Let's give this this staff a chance in 2023. And if it's a complete disaster again, then I think uh, I'd be I'd be more willing to have the, the conversation. But just the coaches, even if you remove AJ, no matter what your opinion of AJ is, this is a complete tangent, by the way. So remove your opinion of AJ Hinch, okay? You don't like him, you love him, whatever. You remove that. The Some of the coaches they have brought in are objectively some of the best in baseball at their job. George Lombard is a, is a manager waiting to happen. As a bench coach, Chris Fetter, his almost entire pitching staff is some of the best in baseball and comes incredibly highly regarded. Like I now we have a revamped hitting department. Maybe this ends up being, you know, a, a really good hitting staff too. Only time will tell. And I cannot wait to tell that time with you. That made no sense, but I, it flowed. I really liked it. Okay, really quickly at the end, uh, let's just go over uh, a small trade was made. This isn't like a, a whole segment worth of conversation, even nonetheless in a show. So we're just going to talk about it really quickly at the end here and kind of have a little bit of a longer episode. The Tigers made a trade with the San Francisco Giants. Haha, <laughs> funny. Uh, Steel Walker is his name. Strong name. Great name. Steel Walker is now the newest member of the Tigers organization. It's a minor league deal. He's not on the 40 man. Just going to be uh, probably going to be an outfielder in Toledo. Uh, he is an outfielder. He's 26 years old. He was a second round pick in 2018 uh, of the Chicago White Sox. He was traded for Nomar Mazzara, which I just think is funny um, because Nomar Mazzara, former friend, old friend alert of the Detroit Tigers. And uh, so we went to Texas, spent a few years in the Texas system, and then they waived him this season, and he was claimed by the San Francisco Giants in August. So only – and did not play in the majors, only played in AAA. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, sure. I, I He's not on the 40, man. So, like, this isn't, like, a super deep conversation about, like, what is Scott Harris cooking? Or, like, is this a smart move? Like, this is just a total shot in the dark. I, I genuinely think that this is a guy that, like, maybe Scott Harris was the dude that claimed him in San Francisco off waivers when he was put on waivers and was like, I like this guy. This is my guy. And the Giants claimed him, and then he left the Giants, and now he had the ability to get steel walker back <laughs> like for real like who knows right um but, and like these numbers aren't aren't unbelievable but they're not terrible either uh he had a 788 ops in triple a for the rangers in 2022 at a walk rate of just under 10 9.3 percent walk rate for the rangers in triple a this year uh a k rate of 16.3 percent that's not super high right that's a relatively low ish strikeout rate with a decently high above average walk rate in the minors um yeah he, he's a he's an obp guy by the looks of it doesn't have an incredible batting average not it's not terrible it's like whatever league average average 250 ish 260 range some years in the 270s some years in the 240s uh slugging percentage uh he's only had one year ever where it's been over 500 so i'm not expecting a ton of power um but yeah i mean he appears to be like a league average triple a bat at 26 years old he was a second round pick at one point in his life so maybe a reclamation project for this development team 
And again, I, I think that maybe this is a dude that Scott Harris just liked when he was over in um, San Francisco. That's the city. And had the ability. We traded him for cash considerations. Who cares? And he's again, he's not taking up a 40-man roster spot. We didn't give up anybody for him. So what? Right. I, there's some people have to have like, a, oh, my goodness, this is the best. This is the best move ever. Or this is literally the worst move on the planet. And I'm out on Scott Harris opinion of like every single move that's made. And that's just like not reality of how a front office works. So, sure. Why not? Go get your guy, Scott Harris. Add this to the to the farm system. We'll see what happens. Um, I think that's all I got. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check on the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories in sports, plus get instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, new coaching staff, fun times. Uh, tomorrow is the deadline for non-tendering. So, dun 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 Really, uh, it's 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 gonna be a, a crazy day. I'm debating. I might do this because I don't have anything with the news on Friday night tomorrow. I'm debating not releasing an episode Friday, like at midnight, like we usually do, because the deadline is Friday afternoon to non-tender players. Wait until the Tigers release all of the people they're non-tendering. And then make an episode Friday evening. So you still have an episode for the weekend. You won't just have you just won't have one like on your way to work Friday, which I feel bad about. But that like I would talk about nothing. Like I I would talk about like who I think might get non-tendered or whatnot, which we've had that conversation for the last four weeks with these in-depth player breakdowns. So I might we might do that. We might uh wait until the the tender deadline is passed and then record Friday evening. And like I said, still give you an episode for the weekend. It just won't be out midnight Friday morning. That's all that, that I think that's what I'm leaning toward unless we have a huge like backlash and people are like, no, I demand that I have an episode of locked on tigers on my way to work Friday morning. Then I will certainly, I'm a man of the people and I will certainly do that. But I think that's what we're leaning towards. All right. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. And I will catch y'all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.